Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu on Kaya FM, home of the Afropolitan. We move now on to our money lessons and my guest this evening is Kirby Gordon. He's the Chief Marketing Officer at Fly Sapphire. He joined the company in early 2015, shortly after their launch. Kirby studied economics and politics at Rhodes University. He later read for an MBA at UCT's Graduate School of Business. Fly Sapphire is Kirby's first foray into the travel industry. Kirby, thank you very much for joining me this evening. Thank you so much for having me and hello to all the listeners. Kirby, this is your first foray into the travel industry and it's all falling apart. <laughs> Indeed. It absolutely is. <laughs> what a challenge. <laughs> yeah, I know it is. It's been it's been um, you know, absolutely unprecedented in terms of the uh, the challenges that we're facing at the moment with regard to everything going on around COVID nineteen and of course the, the subsequent lockdown. Um, so it's, it's uh, you know, a watershed moment, obviously, in terms of the global economy, but certainly aviation is incredibly hot at this stage. Mm. I mean, I'm sure, though, in a few years or even, you know, once this passes in the next couple of months, if anyone's updating their CV, um, they would, you know, manage an airline um, during COVID-19. I think that would be something to look at. Right, absolutely. I mean, I think it's it's true for it's true for any um, you know career in any industry that's going through through tough times. I mean, I had a I had a very good friend who worked in public relations, and um, you know we weren't we weren't named brands, you know, on a particular mm-hmm. motor brand that was struggling in South Africa and uh, that's around the world with regard to some of their vehicle models. And the opportunity came up to join their communications team at one station. She said to me. Am I crazy? Am I crazy to be joining this company? And it was one of those, you know, it's one of those stalwart brands that one knew would survive in the long term. And, and I said, you know, to just, you know, think of the opportunity. There's, there's no way that up from here. And, um, and hopefully that's the reality that we'll be facing as well in travel and in aviation generally, along with so many other, you know, companies mm. and industries under these circumstances. Is, is, um, it's not necessarily about how you fall down, right? It's about how you stand up again. Absolutely. It's, you know, how we weather the storm. I mean, you know, we often do, when I do uh, training, you know, we, we do train executives for the media and we do crisis training. And so often, you know, these things, you know, pop out of nowhere and you need to know how to deal with it. It's part of your management skill. Um, and if you can't get through that, then you don't have all the skills required to be in that position. It's that important. So I think, you know, if, few years from now if somebody looks at that and you put it on your cv i mean it's like oh wow you managed it you got through this and you still you know did really well i think that would be a bonus so Absolutely. let me agree with you and i mean to add yeah. to that i think perhaps one you know one thing is that it's not just about you know one the, the ability to react in the moment as those things come to pass but often so much the challenges are also um you know or your ability to survive them is a product of the investments that you've made into your your business and your reputation and your and your TV um you know leading up to these moments. I mean mm. it's, it's one of those worship moments, you know, everything you've done up until now has prepared you for this um and hopefully it stands you in good stead. 
That's it. So I see a lot of your, uh, you know, your skills obviously would be helping you at a time now. I mean, you need to give me an update on what's happening with Flysafair. But I mean, you've focused previously on e-commerce and online marketing. You were head of marketing at Kalahari.com and at Sunlam before. I mean, Kalahari e-commerce completely. Um, I mean, uh, this would work really well for you in the way we are moving into the future. COVID-19 is just going to change the way we work and the way we do things so obviously this is working well for you once fly Safe is back in the sky right i mean that's that's sort of been my personal career trajectory is, is um I, I probably can't be rude on air but i, I shall say online <laughs> i'll say we do and and that's really been the focus all along so when i was in financial services we would have online advice models we mm. online distribution opportunities um Kalahari, as you say was very much uh, you know retail um and now you know aviation is, is is actually strangely you know one sort of realized later on one of the more mature e-commerce retail spaces in the world mm. um and and definitely i think we're finding a lot of trends in terms of people moving toward a better understanding of all things digital and e-commerce and living life in a different way. Um, you know, needs is um, you know is, is is what sort of leads us into into understanding and engaging with these tools and of these new ways of being. I'm trying to avoid using that that horrible trope of the new normal, but these new <laughs> ways of being um, with regard to how we access the world around us. Mm. Um, and obviously, I don't mean for that to to be a substitute. For, for human contact and for touching and feeling goods and mm. for goodness knows going places because we certainly want to still advance that but it is very much a space that we can work in and it's a space that we can achieve our ends um, quite effectively, quite efficiently mm. and hopefully quite quickly when the tide turns. Where did all of this come from? Where did your love for um, economics, I see a lot of business economics here in, in you know, in your, in your, in your write-up. I mean, where did that come from? How did, how did money shape you as you were growing up? I mean, what led you in this direction? Well, absolutely. I mean, we, I, you know, I had a, I had a relatively comfortable childhood, but money was always something that we were very conscious of growing up. And I mean, my parents were in the flower industry, actually, which is which is a, a tough one from a, from an economic perspective. And and ultimately, as one you know sort of grows up, you, you you watch those those market movements, and you you really want to better understand what's going on. And I actually mm-hmm. I started out with a with a slightly creative bent in traditional advertising, and I loved I loved advertising. And at one stage, one of my one of my mentors, I'll never forget this moment, she, she stood up and she looked at me and, and we were discussing a brief for a client, I can't even remember the context of it and she turned to me and she said marketers in South Africa are intellectually bankrupt and I was so offended <laughs> at, this con- at this statement, I was so mortified I would be too. by what she said because I had all these aspirations of becoming with, uh, you know, a marketer in South Africa and then I started unpacking it and I realized that you know, perhaps there was a degree of truth to that and so I, I sort of went on this mission of of trying to find the balance between, you know, big, wonderful, fluffy uh, brand notions and gorgeous big budget advertisements and actually when the money crosses the counter. And, and that really sort of pushed me into a digital space to, to be able to measure and to see efficiency and effectiveness and, and to, to work with, you know, with the money that we have to invest meaningfully in terms of creating both an immediate response to actually sell the goods at hand, but then also, also you know, engage in those, those long-term benefits of investing in a, in a brand from that perspective. So I think that's kind of what, what drew me in is, is the sort of bigger, the bigger ecosystem of, of everything that's mm. at play. 
Um, and that's really what economics is about, you know, is, is understanding ecosystems. Tell me, I mean, what are your weaknesses when it comes to money? I, I don't know. You sound like you are quite lavish, like you like lots of luxurious things in your home. Tell me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Am I right? <laughs> yeah, I'll say to my husband, I only have three degrees in finance. That's why we can never see that much budget, which is true. But, um, you, know, you know, I mean, I think, you know, realistically, I, I, you know, I do enjoy some of the finer things in life and I probably do spend money on spoils, um, you know, from time to time where, where and when's necessary. But, um, you know, one has to also be cautious of just making sure that you've got your foundations in place and that you're mm. doing the right things along the line. And, and now more than ever, I mean, I'm sure this is a, a theme that's been coming up on the show so frequently is, you know, how do we cope with yeah. what's going on financially now? What are mm. the steps that we can take? How are we conscious of what's going on? And again, you know, a lot of it is in, in your lead up for these scenarios. I mean, I've got that little, I've got that little nest egg that we sort of hang on to for times like this and I turned to I turned to my partner at one stage and I said to him you know I've got this money for just in case and and this is we're having this is now is just in case and that yeah. was quite a that was quite a thing to come to terms with is that you know, this is the case. We're actually that's exactly it. I mean, that's yeah. that's exactly what we spoke about. You know, before you came on to the show. I mean, how do we teach our kids to save for a rainy day? Because this is a rainy day. It might be a flood, but this is it. You know, yeah. how do you actually prepare? Um, uh, you you never know what's coming at you, but it, at least have something there. I don't know. You know, some people feel. Some people get really stressed out by money and in order to manage that, you need to manage your finances. So if you keep a little bit, you know, aside, you may not be doing anything with it. It may not be collecting a lot of interest, but for your own sanity, you know that if anything happens, I have something to fall back on. And I think that in itself just provides you so much of relief. Absolutely. And I think there's even a further argument as well. I mean, we, as South Africans, we know we have generally quite bad credit habits. And I mean, even if you're not sitting with a positive balance in your bank right now, if you've maintained a good credit record and you have access to some some realistic and and responsible credit, you know, now is not a bad time for that to be able to be something that you could perhaps access. But you have to have left yourself that facility available in order to be able to access it. So you never told me what the spoils were. Well, I mean, what did you spend your first paycheck on before we get to the spoils now? My first paycheck definitely went into paying existing bills. <laughs> that was very quickly. That was very quickly destroyed. Although I did, um, I did put That's some money thing, aside though. from the first. That's yeah, a good thing. I mean, yeah. you know, sometimes when you get the first paycheck, you know you have bills, but you just want to splurge and 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 you know spoil yourself because it's the first paycheck. Absolutely, absolutely. No, it's a, I do, I, you know, the romantic part of me wishes that I'd, you know, bought some item that I could kind of hold on to and remember as much. But I mean, it was also quite a pitiful amount of money for that mm-hmm. point. So, you know, that's good. So, whatever it was, I definitely went into, into, into paying some of the bills. But spoils, I mean, I guess, you know, for, for me, it's really about, um, it's about quality of life. So, I mean, you know, our, our home is something that we look after quite actually. We spend quite a bit of, um, time here. So obviously some money in, in, with regard to that. I do, I do love good wine. So I probably, you know, would spend more trying new things, um, rather than just the sort of same old things that I might find in, in supermarkets. And then I'd be remiss not to say travel. I mean, travel mm. is just, 
one of the most beautiful experiences. And there's a, there's a, a trite sort of quotation that says, you know, travel is the only thing you can spend money on that makes you richer. And, and it is true. I mean, just having adventures is, is the most phenomenal thing. And I, and I mean that both locally and abroad. You know, they're wonderful things to see within South Africa um, as much as there are outside of our borders. It's just such a sore point for me because I love to travel as well. And, uh, you know, not being able to get on a plane and go anywhere is just, uh, it's heartbreaking at this point. Um, I think, the, if anything, the first thing I'm going to do once everything is all over is get on a plane and go somewhere. What is the deal with Fly Sapphire? What's happening there? Do we know when it's going to be up and running again? Right. So, I mean, if the, the, the short answer is nothing's happening right mm. now, which is what's absolutely so incredibly frustrating and frightening. Um, we don't know exactly when we're going to be able to fly. Um, from the best of our understanding at this stage, it looks like the most the most sort of uh, um, the earliest possible opportunity would be when we hit level two. Uh, there is some talk of flying happening under level three, but it is certainly subject to what sounds like quite severe restrictions, which means it's probably going to be unlikely for us to face a viable demand and actually start any sort of operations. So while we still wait for details on that, our, our view at this stage is still that we, we would be operational at level two at the earliest. As to when that is, obviously we're all waiting to see you know, what transpires as the virus spreads and, and our efforts to curb it um, you know grow and, and fortify I think, yeah, I think they're talking about just domestic travel for now to get people you know that need to be somewhere like you know doctors and things that need to be in different cities um, I don't think it's going to be open to everybody just yet Right, that's our understanding as well. Mm. That it would be very, it would be very limited, and very much on a needs basis. Almost more, perhaps, and I mean, I'm speculating here, but almost more, perhaps, something that might be arranged around a kind of charter basis rather than a scheduled basis. You know, that it, mm. it would be really for a specific need that flying would take place under level three. Um, so, yeah, as it stands right now, unfortunately, you know, our aircraft are, are are sleeping on the tarmac, um, costing us lots of money and not earning any. Mm. Um, how how are you? feeling? I mean, what's your headspace like? Because I know so many people in the travel industry that are unable to do anything. They don't know whether they're getting the next paycheck and they don't know when everything is going to go back to normal. Um, And they're just not in a good space. And I feel for them. I mean, what's your headspace like? I know that, you know, understanding your finances and having a little kitty uh, does create that, you know, bit of relief for you in the headspace. But how are you feeling um, on a management level, um, not knowing, um, as you say, when things are going to go back to normal. Look, I mean, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with you, as I am with my teams as we go through it. There are, there are, you know, there are good days and there are really, really bad days. And I think that, you know, being able to admit that and to face up to that is, is sort of an important part of being human in terms of facing the challenges that we, that we, that are, you know, that are before us at the moment. Um, so it's tough. I mean, it's tough to be responsible for different individuals. You, you wish that you had answers to give people who you know are desperate for them. Mm. Um, but at this stage, you know, all we can do is, is look to what those benefits are. And some days those benefits are harder to see than other days. But, you know, we do have time at our disposal. It does make you to, uh, you know, make you address and understand your privilege. It helps you to access gratitude. Um, and it gives us opportunities to 
not only do important things for our jobs and our careers, but maybe for some sort of self-expansion, be that something through through knowledge, be that something through physical exercise, be that something even on a spiritual level. You know, we have to we have to sort of acknowledge that there are challenges before us and that with challenges of this nature come growth. And, um, and, and we need to find that. And I think for me, the one thing that just, and it, it still blows my mind even just to sort of mention it, but the one, the one great level is just realizing that this is the entire world, you know. That's I'm, it. We're not, yeah. We're not alone. We're not alone. We're not alone. I'm here behind these four walls, and yeah. it feels like you are so alone. It's, but actually, it's everywhere and everyone. Yeah. It's still so surreal. We're going to have to leave it there, but thanks for that positive uh, message there. Uh, Kirby Gordon, thanks so much for your time this evening. Is the Chief Marketing Officer at Fly Saf Air. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. Kaya FM, home of the Afropolitan. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.